If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen. Pray for your pastor today. He is traveling, preaching in Tennessee. Amen. And he wishes he was here, I promise. He wishes he was here, and I wish I was in Amity. Amen. But we're going to have church anyway. Amen. I love each and every one of you. This is, this is like home to me. And, and I'm thankful for what I see the Lord doing in each and every one of your lives. Amen. I want to strengthen some things today. I want to call to remembrance some things within us. And I pray that the Lord would, would help and bless us today. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven. Everybody say purge out. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I want to preach for the next few minutes, Christ, our Passover. Our Passover. Amen. I know that the Holy Ghost is desiring to speak to people today. I pray right now. That you would lift up your hands. I want you to pray for your own heart, your own ears, your own mind. That the Lord would open your ears that you could hear the word. Open your mind that you could understand it. Open your heart that you could receive it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that your spirit would move with power in this house today. Lord, that you would anoint every soul that's here. God, that you would anoint my lips to preach your anointed word. God, I pray that your perfect will would be done. Come on, why don't you pray that the Lord's perfect will would be done in this house. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you and we praise you, oh God. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. Christ, our Passover. Amen. The Apostle Paul is writing to the New Testament church at Corinth. And he begins to talk to them about the Passover. And he uses the likening of leaven, which was yeast, as we would know it, that they put in bread. He said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ, our Passover. Everybody say, our Passover. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Everybody say, for us. Amen. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, we do not follow the calendar, the Jewish calendar, and we do not follow the Jewish feast days in in active practice and in physical practice. But spiritually, there are applications throughout the, the Jewish holidays and things that apply to the church today. And this is what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We are not a people that take a lamb on the, the, the whatever day of the month and we put it in the house and, and we got to take care of it. And then, you know, on, on later we... we, we kill it and we roast it with fire and eat it and we, we don't we don't do any of these things physically amen but the passover is a feast it is a principle that remains in your walk with god spiritually today amen paul would admonish the church in corinth he would say christ our passover it wasn't it wasn't the, the Passover, the Jews of some bygone days. He said, Jesus Christ was my Passover and he was your Passover. Amen. He's our Passover and he is sacrificed for 
us. He, he wasn't sacrificed to fulfill some holiday back then only, but he was sacrificed for you and he was sacrificed for me. And so Paul would say, let us, that, that's me and that's you, let us keep the feast. Amen. Amen. He said, not, not with old leaven though. What is he trying to tell the church? He's saying, we're not we're not keeping the feast in, in natural, physical. It, it's, it's not about yeast being in your bread or in your cabinets or whatever. That, that's, not, that's not what, it is, what it's about today. But it's, it's, it's other kinds of leaven. He said a little bit of leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Well, what he's talking about when he starts, he's talking about fornication in the church. Amen. And so, so that's a little bit of leaven that, that he was dealing with. And then he talks about the leaven of malice. Amen glory and so we, we know that Jesus would warn the disciples he would say beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod what the leaven is today is it's sin amen it's it's not, a, it's not a packet of dry yeast that you can't put in your rolls you're going to eat after, after dinner or after church today for your dinner. But it's literally sin. And, and Paul said it's time for the church to keep the Passover. But I'm not talking about yeast. I'm talking about righteousness and sin. He said a little bit of sin, a little bit of leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Amen. Amen. But in order to fully understand this, we must go back to the book of Exodus where the Passover is instituted in practice. And so if you'll just bear with me for just a little while, I'm going to read to you. Is that all right? Amen. The Bible, you can follow along if you have your Bible to Exodus chapter 11. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence when he shall let you go. He shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver, jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, thus saith the Lord. Whenever the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, that's a good time to listen. Amen. He said, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Amen. All the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the meal, and all the firstborn of beast. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. Amen. Now, these scriptures here, God is, is outlining what he's about to do. The tenth plague in the deliverance of the people of Israel out of Egypt. And there's been, there's been nine coming up to this. And now we come to the, the tenth plague. This is the night where the death angel will pass through Egypt. And so God begins to speak to Moses and tell him what's going to happen and, and it's, it's, it's not coincidental in verse 5 that he said, All the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne to the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the meal. The act of God that's going to happen in Egypt tonight was not going to be specific. It didn't matter where you lived or how much money you had. It didn't matter your status in society or anything of that nature. The death angel was coming through and, and it was going to be non-discriminatory. It was going to go into every house and kill the firstborn. Amen. And so God begins to, God begins to speak by the, by the prophet, which was Moses. And he begins to, to tell him, he said, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his dung against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Everybody say a difference. Amen. He told Moses, he said, I'm going to show you how, how I can put a difference between my people and the people of Egypt. Amen. Lord, help us. In the name of Jesus. Going on to chapter 12, verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every 
man a lamb. Everybody say every man. Every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. Everybody say fathers. A lamb for an house, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him, everybody say him, and his neighbor, everybody say his neighbor, next unto his house, everybody say his house, take it according to the number of souls, every man, everybody say every man, according to his eating, his eating, everybody say his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood. Strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Amen. Verse 12, For I, this is God speaking, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Everybody say, all the firstborn. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood. Everybody say, the blood. The blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Verse number 15, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Amen. Now there's, a, there's something happening here that you've probably missed every time you've ever read the Passover account in the book of Exodus. God tells Moses, he said, you tell the men, every man to take a lamb. Amen. Every man to take a lamb. And he needs to take this lamb to his house. According to the house of the fathers. Amen. A father is a man. I, I know society is kind of confused today, but a father is a man. Amen. So God is speaking to the people of Israel through Moses. And he tells the men to take a lamb and take it to their house according to the house of their fathers. And he said, if, if your house is too small... This lamb is supposed to be eaten. And so he says, if your household is too small to, to eat a whole lamb, then you need to connect with the man and his house beside you. Amen. That you can, you can eat the lamb. And then he would say, you need to take it up on the 10th day and, and keep it for 14 days or whatever it is. And, and he said, then at, at the evening, the whole congregation is going to kill the lamb. He said, and then you're going to take the blood of the lamb. And he's still talking to the men. He said, you're going to take the blood of this lamb and you're going to strike it on the two side posts and on the upper post of the door. He said, because I'm going to go through Egypt tonight and I'm going to smite all the firstborn. Everybody say all the firstborn. Both man and beast against all the gods of Egypt. I'm going to execute judgment. And the blood shall be a token for you. When I shall see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Amen. Now, there is a difference in the Passover between the people of God and the people of Egypt. But it wasn't about their birthright. That wasn't the difference. The difference between Egypt and Israel is that Israel had a man of God in their life. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And, and this man of God could hear from God and he would speak to them. And the difference between Egypt and Israel is that Moses would go preach to Pharaoh first. And Pharaoh would say, I'm not listening to you. And then Moses would go preach to Israel and Israel would say, I'm down for that. Oh, God, help me to preach this right now. The only difference between Israel and Egypt... It wasn't about where they were living. They were all living in Egypt. The difference was one had a man of God that they would listen to 
and the other didn't. Amen. Lord, help us, Jesus. (laughs) And oh, what a difference that makes. Amen. The Lord said, I'm going to go through Egypt. Now, I want you, let's, let's make a likening here. Let's liken the world to Egypt. Okay, we live in the world. We are not of the world. Amen. They all lived in Egypt and God said, I'm coming through Egypt and I'm going to smite all the firstborn. He didn't say, I'm going to smite every Egyptian firstborn. He said, I'm smiting every firstborn that there is. That means everybody that was living in Egypt that had a firstborn, that firstborn was dying. And the people of God were living in Egypt. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to get down to the to the, the details right now. Amen. He said, but this is what you do. You take a lamb. You listen to the man of God. You take a lamb. You apply, you apply the blood of that lamb to the, the two side posts of your door and the upper post of the door. And when God goes walking through at midnight, all of Egypt. Now, it's interesting that, that there, was a, there was a place in Egypt called Goshen. And Goshen was where the Israelites lived. But it was still part of Egypt. Okay? Amen. They lived in Goshen. because We know this because God severed the Goshen from the plagues. After like plague three, there was no plague in Goshen. But when it came to the Passover, God said, I'm going to come walking through the streets of Egypt. And I'm looking for blood. That means he was walking through Goshen too. Does this make sense? We, we, we going somewhere here? So God comes walking through every street in the world. But as he comes to the house, he's looking for blood applied to the doorpost. And he said, when I see the blood, I'm going to keep going. And I will not suffer the plague. Or I will not suffer. He would later say, I will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house. Amen. That means that the destruction was intended for every household in Egypt. But the only ones that got passed over were the ones that applied the blood to the door. Amen. Lord, help us today. Thank you, God, for a man of God in my life that preached the truth of God's word to me. Thank you, Lord, that a man of God could stand and say, listen, you need to get the leaven out of your house. Because there is no difference between you or me or anybody else in all the world except for we have a man of God that can find the word of God and begin to preach to us. Let me tell you something about the destroyer. The destroyer is coming to every single house in the world and the only ones that are going to get passed over are the ones who heard the word of the man of God and said this is how you apply the blood and this is how you get the leaven out of your house. This is how you get rid of sin. This is how you see salvation. Verse 19, seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. I want to stop and insert this right now. The blood could have been applied to the doorpost, but the individual that was still partaking of sin in the blood-bought house was still going to be lost. Amen. Oh, Jesus, help us. It's not enough. It's not, man, we've been in this deal my whole life. My mom's gone to church since I was old enough to remember. My dad's been in church since I was probably eight years old, something like that. Yeah, seven years old, actually. Church was all I knew. But just because the house was holy didn't mean that Darren Motes was going to make it to heaven. If Darren Motes is partaking of sin in the house, even though the house is blood-bought, Darren Motes will still be lost. 
And so let, let's, let's just get down to a personal level right now. Before we go any further, children, just because your parents go to church don't mean you got a ticket to heaven. Amen. Just because your parents are living right don't mean the death angel will pass or don't mean you can't be cut off from the congregation. No, whosoever partakes of leaven shall be cut off from the congregation. So, so it's each and every person's responsibility to not be dabbling in sin. Amen. Oh, Jesus, help us. Lord, help us on this, this Sunday morning Bible study. Amen. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel. Everybody say the elders of Israel. These were men of authority, the elders of Israel, and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin, strike the lintel on the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you, none of you, shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. Amen. Lord, help us. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer. That means allow. Will not allow the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Amen. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee. That's the elder men. And to thy sons. Everybody say sons. Forever, and it shall come to pass when you become to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children, everybody say your children, shall say unto you, what mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head in worship, and the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So did they. Amen. The difference between Egypt and Israel is that Israel did what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. Israel didn't just do what they got convictions about in a personal prayer meeting. Amen. Israel did what the Lord told the man of God that was sent to them. Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> I didn't figure y'all was going to be running the aisles while I was preaching this. We're going to get somewhere today. Is that all right? Amen. So this was the institution of the first Passover, the Lord's Passover in the book of Exodus. And we've just read through. It's, it's a kind of lengthy reading. If you really get into depth, then it goes, it goes really into detail. It goes about what you can eat and what you can't eat, when you're supposed to eat it, how you're supposed to cook it. It goes about all these things, getting the leaven out of your house. It goes about every bit of it. But I think the most important thing and what God is desiring to drive home today into this congregation is that it started as the man's responsibility. For his house. Oh God help me to preach this right now. In the name of Jesus. I'm thankful to every mother in Zion. That has ever prayed and travailed and interceded. For the church of God. But 21st century church. It is not the woman's responsibility. To keep the destroyer out of the house. Jesus Christ. Amen. And God honors the, the faithful prayer of a church mother. He honors the anointing that he puts upon them. He honors the prayers that you pray. But there is something powerful about a man that can hear the word of God as it's preached from the pulpit and can find the word of God as it goes forth in, 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 in prayer or whatever. And you can say, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me, God. If you... Lord, help us, Jesus. Come on, I need some men to get behind me right now. We're going to go to higher ground today. Name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. He called together the men and he said, Take a lamb for your house. 
Now, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 5 that Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So I'm just going to make it simple for you. The lamb you have to get for your house is Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's not your wife's responsibility, and it ain't your kid's responsibility to get a hold of the lamb. It's your responsibility to get a hold of the lamb. Oh, in the name of Jesus. God help us. Amen. Now let's go even a little further. It's not just you get enough lamb for you. He said, how much does your household need? He said, you need to get enough lamb for your whole household. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, there may be cases where you can get so much, you can share it with your neighbors. Amen. God help us today. God help us today. But it's the responsibility of the man to get this lamb. He said, get this lamb and and, and bring it into your house. It's not just a lamb in some distant field. It's a lamb inside your house. Jesus, help us. God, help us today, Lord. That the men in this church would get a hold of Jesus Christ. And they wouldn't just leave him at the church house. They would take him to their house. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. I remember as a kid. Oh, God, help me to preach this right now. I remember riding down the road with my dad. And he would be praying. I mean, just as, just, he'd be driving. And he'd say, Jesus, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness today. And I remember it was so awkward as a kid. I mean, we're driving down the road and dad's praying. Like the same prayer meeting, dad. (laughs) That we're driving down the road. But you know what my dad had done? He had gotten a hold of the lamb in the church house. And he had took him to his house. And what I didn't realize is he was praying, driving down the road or praying in the house or praying wherever he was at. It wasn't just confined to the church or to church service. He was praying all the time wherever he was. And what I didn't realize is that he was bringing enough lamb that I could partake of some of it too. And and he was just teaching me to fall in love with the lamb that he had brought to his God, oh God, I've told the story before in this church, but I had decided I was going to be just like my dad, and my dad wasn't in church when I was young, and I was still going to be just like him. Amen. And so I'm thankful one day that my daddy got a hold of the lamb, and I'm thankful he brought him to the house and said, Son, why don't you try this lamb? Amen. God, help us right now, Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost sweeping into this house to speak to somebody today. Come on, I want to strengthen some men in this building right now. It may be awkward trying to lead your family in the things of God, but why don't you give it a try for the sake of your children? Why don't you give it a try for the sake of your... Why don't you let them try the lamb? God, help us right now, Lord. Name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. He said, you take the lamb, you take it to your house. Amen. And then, there comes a day, sir, where the lamb is sacrificed. And then you got to apply the blood. Amen. Paul would talk about not preaching with the wisdom of, of, of men or, or the wisdom of words and, and great speech. He said, lest... Lest I should make the cross of Christ of none effect. My God, how sacrilegious. How could a man dare say that the the cross that that Jesus died on would be of none effect? I'll tell you how the cross is of none effect. is when the blood's not applied. 
Amen. Oh, God. Because it wasn't just enough for the man to bring the lamb in. It wasn't just enough for that lamb to be sacrificed. There had to be blood put on the door. Amen. And so he had to take the blood of that lamb. And he had to keep on applying it to that door. God help me. You know, there's something the elders used to do that I think we've lost in today's church. And I feel like we need a revival of it. They would say, I plead the blood. Plead the blood over your children. Plead the blood over your family. Plead the blood over your house. Plead the blood over your body or whatever it may be. What, what were they doing? They were praying for an application of blood in every situation that they were. God, I need the blood to cover. God, help us right now. Lord. Amen. God. Daddy, when was the last time you, you went and started pleading the blood over your household? In the name of Jesus. Brother Robbie, in the name of Jesus. You keep on praying like you've been praying. Amen. You keep on coming to this house, praying, praying, pleading that blood. Oh, God will make everything right in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. So daddy had to take the lamb. He had to bring it into the house. He had to, he had to apply the blood to the doorpost. But that wasn't it. You know what he had to do? He had to make sure there was no leaven in the house. What is that? That's making sure your household doesn't have sin in it. Lord, help us, Jesus. You know, it can be a difficult thing to weed sin out of your, out of your family. Amen. It can be. I, I, anyway, Lord, help us. I understand that. And you don't go swinging a hammer at your family. But you have a responsibility to be a leader in your house. Amen. And now, now the Bible commands that you would, that husbands would love their wives even as Christ loved the church. Amen. So if your wife ain't living exactly right, or if your kids ain't living exactly right, why don't you deal with them the way God dealt with you? Or deals with you when you're not living exactly right? Lord Jesus, I feel my help right now, and I feel so much opposition, but that's fine, because greater is He. Amen. Let me tell you something the Lord told me in a prayer meeting in Amity. The Lord told me, me and you are a majority. He said, you, you don't have to worry. God help us. And so, Dad, don't. Don't turn your head when your kids are living in sin. Amen. Don't turn your head at the way they dress. At the things they're, they're watching. At the games they're playing. At the attitudes they're carrying around. Don't turn your head. About, no. It's, it's, it's daddy's responsibility to make sure there's no leaven in the house. Why? Because there's a destroyer that's outside. For the devil has a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Oh yeah, you, in the name of Jesus. But you know what, dad? You can't tell them to live right if you ain't living right. 
I love that, that in the account of the scripture, the lamb was first. Man, take the lamb. Get the lamb. Get him in your house. Get the blood applied. And then let's worry about leaven. Amen. Jesus, help us. Why? Because God knew you better get a hold of him before you try to get sin out of your house. Now, I don't have kids, and you may be, you may be looking at me like, how is he going to preach this without kids? I don't have any biological children. But I got a whole church in Amity. And so I've had to learn some things about trying to clean out sin without killing people. You know one of the most important lessons that I learned? I learned where Paul would speak to the Galatians. He said, he said I, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. What is that saying? There's sometimes you can't go after them. You got to go after God until God gets them. I had a man, he's, he's, y'all know him, Carl Maine. Y'all know Carl Maine? Everybody met Carl Maine? He come to church and he would pull up in his PT cruiser with his convertible top down, Led Zeppelin screaming as he pulled into the church parking lot. Y'all think I'm lying, I ain't. Amen. He had a big old beard. And, and he come, he come in church and nobody else had beards. And uh, so one night we was having a Bible study at the house. And uh, he was there. And just in the midst, I didn't even say anything about it. I was just praying. In the middle of the Bible study, he said, he said, I will never shave my beard. Well, I, go ahead and say, I mean, I'm not, I'm not coming after you. He said, I will never. He said, you can't find it in the Bible. And I will never do it. Okay. So you know what I did? I just went to an altar and started praying. I just went to an altar and started praying. And I loved him to death. I loved on that man like you wouldn't believe. And steadily, Led Zeppelin left. And then the PT Cruiser left too. Amen. Service after service, Carl kept on coming to church. And we would just pray. Man, if, if he can just get another touch of the Holy Ghost tonight. He can get another touch of the Holy Ghost today. Carl kept on praying. And then one Monday night, we were, because we have prayer meeting on Monday night. Y'all have prayer meeting on Monday night. Be here. Amen. Be here at prayer meeting. It's good for you. Amen. It's where you get a hold of God. One day, we were having prayer meeting. Carl Maine walks in. He's as clean shaved as I am. I said, I went to him and I said, bro, what happened? Because I know something happened. He said, you know, this is the beauty of it. We had set the chairs out on Sunday night and we were praying. We had people come sit as they felt need to pray. And he came and sat in the chair and we prayed for him. Big old beard. He left, he comes back the next day, no beard. I said, what happened? He said, Brother Motes, when y'all were praying for me last night. He said, every time I prayed, I always twirled my finger in my beard. He said, I was twirling my finger in my beard while y'all was praying for me. He said, and a voice spoke to me and said, that shouldn't be there. Amen. 
And that's the end of that story. You know what I didn't do? I didn't take my belt off and swing it at anybody. Let me tell you something. Fathers, you've done no good whatsoever if you enforce the standard that you believe and cause your children to have a deep hatred for it. In the name of Jesus, you've done nothing good at all. Nothing. My dad says the essence of true ministry is to help people change without them hating you. Amen. And so, so you, have to, you have to learn. You have to learn when things ain't going exactly like you want them to go. This ain't now, I, I believe in spanking children. Amen. And there's sometimes they need spanking. And attitudes are a good time for that. I'll tell you another thing about attitudes while I'm meddling. Amen. If we went home with a friend and we came back with a bad attitude, my dad didn't let us go home with that friend anymore. Because attitudes are contagious. So if we left with a good one and came back with a bad one, they beat the bad one out of us and we never left to that same place again. Amen. 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 The leaven had to be taken care of. It had to be purged out. Purge out the old leaven. Amen. And let's have the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You have to learn to pray. Amen. Lord, help us. You have to learn to pray. Let's try it again. You have to learn to pray. Amen. Because maybe you will have to say something about it. But if you've not been praying, they ain't going to hear it out of you. My dad said a bunch of things when I was a kid that I didn't want to hear. But one thing I knew, he was praying enough to know. Amen. You have to learn to pray. Amen. And so the dad would take the lamb in. And he would... He would keep the lamb in the house. It would be sacrificed. He would apply the blood to the doorpost. He would clean out the leaven that was in his house. And then the next step was do not go outside of this house tonight. Amen. Why? Because there was a destroyer coming. And if you are mingling out in the world, you're not safe from that destroyer. We could go through Balaam and Balak. The prophet, the man of God prophesied about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And he was killed in the midst of the Ammonites and Moabites and Amalekites. Because he was living, not separated when the judgment of God came down the line. So he said, you strike the blood on the doorpost, you clean out the leaven. He said, and you stay separated from the world. Amen. Now here's, here's where it gets a little, a little sticky. Amen. God help us right now. Why don't you lift up your hands and pray before we go any further. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would speak to every man in this house, God. God, that you would build faith right now, that you would give anointing, God. That we would hear the word, God, that you've given us today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He said, you take the lamb, you take it to your house. You sacrifice it, you apply the blood. You get the leaven out, and you stay in your house. Amen. Well, there's a difference. I go to church. I'm protected. My house is protected because I go to church. Devil can't get to me. I go to church. 
Well, glory. God said, I'm going to come walking down the street and I'm looking for blood applied to the door. He said, and when, when I see the blood, that's the token. And I will not allow the destroyer, amen, to come in and smite you. Lord, help me right now to preach this. The destroyer has the key to your house. Even if you're part of the congregation. God, help me to preach this. Just coming to church don't mean the destroyer can't get in your house. Just, just being seen on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Tuesday night or, or just sending your kids to the Christian school don't mean the destroyer can't get into your house. The destroyer had the key to everybody's house in Egypt. Amen. The only way to keep the destroyer out of your house is to have God rebuke him. God help us. You can't lock your house up tight enough to keep the destroyer out. But I tell you what you can do. You can plead the blood over and over and over. And when that destroyer comes looking for a house, he, oh, I got, the, I got the key to this house. God says, no, sir. There's blood on that door. You keep going. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my kids to church and, and my wife goes to church, so I'm good. No, sir, it's your responsibility to apply the blood. God, help me to preach this for just a few minutes. In the name of Jesus, amen. Just a few more minutes. The saddest part of the whole story is that the responsibility was placed on the father. Take the lamb, take it to your house, sacrifice it, apply the blood. Don't go out. Get the leaven out of your house. Amen. The saddest part was that if he didn't do everything right, the destroyer wasn't coming for him. It was coming for his children. I feel a fear of God sweeping into this house right now. Well, I know that Brother Motes preaches that, but I can handle it. Can your children? If you, if you don't obey, what's going to happen to your children? Well, I just, you know, I mean, I don't know that it takes, you know, bringing the lamb in and, and then slaying it. And, and Moses, he even, he even talked about what kind of reeds we had to use to apply. Lord, help us. I don't know if it takes all that. And there's a kid back there in the room. I hope daddy listens. I hope daddy listens. Moses didn't say he was coming for daddy. He said he was coming for me. Imagine how the firstborn felt. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Imagine how the firstborn felt in every house of Israel. As they hear Moses... God's coming through Egypt to smite the firstborn. Sir, take a lamb. Sacrifice the lamb. Apply the blood. Get the leaven out. And you stay at your house. That's good right there. Amen. Ain't no need for you to be running around all the time. Why don't you stay home and spend some time with your family? Lord, help us, Jesus. Amen. God, help us. As they came, as the destroyer came, and it didn't see blood, it would slip into that door. And as it slipped into the door, just imagine with me the death angel as it tiptoes past and it looks at Daddy and it looks at mama. 
And it goes on down the hallway and steps into the room of the firstborn. I wonder if that night death spoke to any of those children. I wonder if death slipped in to the son of Pharaoh and said, I know you're rich and I know you've got everything in the world, but your daddy didn't listen to the man of God and you're mine now. Lord Jesus, help us. Lord Jesus, help us. Imagine Imagine the fathers in Egypt that night as they realized the destroyer got into my house and it didn't take me out. I didn't listen and it took my kids out. It took my firstborn out. The firstborn was literally the, the figure of strength and authority. The firstborn would have inherited a double portion of everything that the father had and would have ruled the father's house. The death angel walked through. Why don't we stand together? I thought until last night in prayer meeting that I was going to get to preach a real pretty message about Jesus' name baptism. The Holy Ghost began to deal with me and I've come to plead with some fathers here today. It's time for you to be the man that God called you to be. Well, God didn't call me to do this. God didn't call me to do that. Do you know the instant you got married and had children, God called you to lead your family? That's a responsibility you took upon yourself. Amen. And God will honor that position. But I just feel in the Holy Ghost to speak to some people today. I was praying in this house last night. The Lord began to deal with me. The Lord spoke to me. He said, tell them it's not about them. I'm a man just like you are. I know what it's like to think you've got it all together and feel like you know best. Every one of us feels that way. Well, you know, I mean, th there's nothing that irks a man more than another man telling him what to do. It's just, it's how we're designed. We're designed to be leaders. Amen. But I'm thankful. That my dad didn't let stubborn pride and rebellion get in his heart. Well, I don't know why he's preaching all that. I don't think it takes all that. Children, I want you to step out here. Come on, come, come, come. Stand and face the congregation. Step up here, step up here, step up here. Turn around and face the congregation. Come on, come on, boys, come on. Come on. Come here, Matthew. I want you to face the congregation. Where's, where's Brantley? Is he... Where's he at? Come here, Brantley. Come here, I want you to stand with me. Brantley walked in prayer meeting this morning. His little suit and his tie. You're fine. He said, I took my tie off. You're fine. I take mine off too sometimes when it gets hot. Stay right there. When he came through with his suit on and his tie, it's like my heart just being ripped out. Brother Billy, you know what I thought? You're his only chance. You're his only chance. God help us. God help us. Parents, I want you to look at these children and I want you to let it rip your heart out. As you understand. 
there's a destroyer that wants the soul of every one of these children. And they don't have the power to protect the house. God help us. If you're a dad in this house, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to think for a moment. Try to fathom eternity. Think about it. Try within your finite mind to comprehend infinite time. And then I want you to think about the most horrific pain you can imagine. Is it worth 30 or 45 minutes of your day to come pray? Because it's a pain that's not coming for you. Yes, it would like to have you. Christ is our Passover. We are faced with the Passover. Well, I, I I don't know if I believe all that. The scripture says, our Passover, let us keep the feast. It's still happening today. Jesus said, if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken up. I'm trying to get something to click inside your mind today, sir. I'm trying to get something to break inside of your spirit today, sir. There's a destroyer that's coming for your children. Well, I'm just not really the emotional type. I'm going to leave the praying to my wife. It's not her responsibility. Yeah, she needs to pray. But you're the one supposed to be bringing the lamb and applying the blood. I'm thankful that God honors a pastor. And there are people who are saved by the prayers and the the pleading of the blood of a pastor. But if you're a dad, if you're a dad, you have a responsibility. In the name of Jesus. I wonder if you could just think. Think about your children. It's worth it to pray. It's worth it to pray. It's worth it to take the time to pray. Because the destroyer is not coming for you. Destroyer is coming for them. But you have the ability. somebody to pray right now. We're going to operate in the spirit for a few minutes. I know we've all got lives. I know we get busy. But I want you to remember. 
I want you to remember every day that you wake up. It's not just one night of the year. There's a destroyer seeking after your children. I don't even, I, I, y'all forgive me. I, I'm, I'm not, I just got to say what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I know, I know you've been getting together to play basketball on Friday night. If you have children and you go play basketball on a Friday night and you've not come to the church to pray, shame on you. money you have your money can't buy your way out of the destroyer he's going to Pharaoh's house well maybe he'll go after Pharaoh's son and won't find me I'm just a maid servant behind the mill the death angel don't care it's coming for you too why because it's just seeking who it can devour it's just seeking who it can devour. So I, 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 I feel a burden in the Holy Ghost. And I know this is not common in the 21st century church, but this is needed right now. I feel a burden. And, and, and the Lord dealt with me last night in a prayer meeting. It's time for some men to get your head on straight and say, you know what? My family is the most important thing. There may be questions that your family has that you can't answer. That's fine. You, you may, your, your family may have to come talk to the pastor. That's fine. But you ought to be able to answer some questions that your wife has and that your kid has about the Bible. It's not every time you go, oh, go ask Brother Aaron. Go ask Brother Darren. Go ask Pastor. I don't know. Well, what is that? That's, they need something to eat. And there's not enough lamb in the house. Come on, men. God didn't just create you to make money. He didn't just create you to have a job. Now, if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. But you can, you can have a job and have a prayer life too. I've done it. I know. I've worked public sector and prayed. I know. God help us. I pray that there would be a breaking in the spirit. There's a hardness. There's a hardness that's crept into the men of the apostolic church. Well, you ain't going to catch me crying. Come on, men, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. Come on, you need to find yourself a place to pray, whether it be this altar or your pew. It's time to pray. Come on, it's time to pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus.